You heard from uh, a night with JT and Cam, or Cam and JT, but uh, as a special Not The Footy Show podcast, you're going to have a night with the Cocksmith and Woz. Wow. Wow. We are here, mate. We're, tell, tell the uh, listeners where we are, buddy. Well, we're looking at ANZ Stadium. We are at the home of football. I mean, forget about ANZ, uh, Lang Park and Allianz and SFS and mm. you know Bruce Stadium in Canberra, mm. whatever Mecca that is. We are at ANZ Stadium, taking in the amazing sights of the Olympic Arena after absolutely filling ourselves with the uh, the Cocksmiths special uh, end of season dinner that I've been promising him for years. I've Fantastic. delivered, mate, haven't I? Mate, you did deliver in spades, and I couldn't finish my dinner. Um, maybe I, I I didn't have lunch today, but maybe I had a bit too much for breakfast. But anyway, mate, it was great. It was good to hang out, have a yarn, bitch about some people. Not not least of which the uh, the guys on the MCO uh, the MCO Cup. Yeah, that What's list that? has finally been revealed to Cotsmith. Look, we'll have uh, all of episode whatever it is. I've got to look that up after the break here on Not the Footy Show. I'll tell you who we are as well. I think it's uh, one fourteen. Is it? I think higher than that. Is it one fourteen? No, hundred and eighty-two. I think. Okay, or eighty-three. What do I know? All right, we're back from ANZ Stadium. It's Warwick Nicholson and Rob Cox here tonight. That does not count as a formal hello, Cocksmith. It's 183 episodes of Not The Footy Show, this one. And we have just, as we open the show with that amazing, you know, recording. Because we're not only just outside ANZ Stadium here, Cocksmith. Mm. We are recording in your vehicle. Yes, yes, in my uh, in my vehicle, the uh, the mighty Pajero, and we're we're recording this one on my iPhone. So I'm pretty sure that um, you can probably hear some cars going past and some airplanes flying going over the top. Yeah, 
but um, that's okay. But we're, we're, we're here for the atmosphere. I mean, yeah. that's the that's the key. We're not here for any chat. Look, we will run through a bunch of little things that we're going to make up as the break hits us. That's actually what we will talk about. But we just thought we've probably spent about eighty minutes talking about rugby league and over dinner and wasted a heck of a lot of gold. We'll see if we can regurgitate some of that for you after the break here on the Footy Show. Not the Footy Show. How good's regurgitation? How's good what? Regurgitation. I like it. Yeah. Well, I don't like it, but it's a good word. Nah, it's a good word. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. Not the footy show. All right, we're back on Not the Footy Show, episode 183. Uh, Cocksmith, we don't really have a topic, so I'm making one up on the spot. Go. We are outside ANZ Stadium, this amazing uh, venue. Where does it rank in your favourite grounds? Not necessarily just to shoot on, but just your favourite grounds. I think we kick it off with our favourite grounds that we've actually been at. You're going to have more than I have, but... For football, what's your favourite ground? Uh, okay, well, it may, may not be necessarily where, I, where I've seen the best football, but, look, I, I can't go past the Sydney Football Stadium or Allianz Stadium. Um, I think it was once called Aussie Home Loan Stadium. Um, I Mate, it's, it's probably probably the, the best ground for football, I think. it's It's got a cauldron atmosphere, except, mm. you know, there, there, there are fans only three or four metres from the sideline. So everything's kind of reeled down and, and close onto the, the field. And I think the players love that too, you know, that that intense kind of closeness. So SFS number one, what's number two? Number two, uh, probably probably North Queensland. It's not a great stadium for facilities, but again, it's another one of those ones where they pack the people in. Um, you lose four or five kilos just being there. It's fantastic. <laughs> I need the four or five kilos always, after I always liked my trips in September. It was great. Yeah. Get the summer body ready. It's it's a good it's a good one. Um, the old Lang Park was yeah. fantastic. I uh, never got a chance to go before it got redeveloped. Yeah, I shot a few origins there actually before it was redeveloped. And um, Did you collect any uh, uh, cans of beer no, at all? I wasn't there that the, that no. year. It was a couple of years before my first okay. one. Um, they're probably my top three, mate. Okay. Um, you know, it's, I love the suburban grounds too. You know, Leichhardt's great. Um, shot a, a few memorable ones there on a Sunday afternoon mm. uh, with, a, with a full house. You know, it's, it's um, that as we've covered before, mate. I really like the suburban grounds, and I like that when they fill them up. You know, it's fantastic. It is. They suck to get out of afterwards, but gee yep. whiz, they're good when everyone's packed in. Mm. Number one for it, the only thing it lacks at this stage is history slash character. Mm. But Amy Park in Melbourne is just delightful. Like, yep. It is the best place to sit in the stands and watch rugby league, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I've sat in a range of spots there. I've been fortunate enough to be on sideline for some games as well, which is you know part of the atmosphere you take in. How the crowd sort of takes it in as well. It's my favourite. Right. For, for okay. pure watching rugby league and almost any sport, I've watched a A League game there. The only A League game I think I've ever watched um, in the flesh. No, two. Sorry, it's been around for 15 years. Uh, the Amy Park, number one. Number two, I love the SFS as well, mm-hmm. but I think Leichhardt is my second favourite. Wow. Okay. Uh, Leichhardt on that hill when you can't see because the sun's in your eyes. <laughs> uh, you're thinking it's winter, so there's no possible way you can get burnt. Wrongo. Mm. Uh, I think we go back to Not the Footy Show days with uh, Mac Nick and Ernie. Uh, we put a sign together saying Thax Bellamy. Uh, the story behind that was um, when Queensland had won their fourth Origin in a row. That shows you just how long ago this was uh, they had a sign that someone had given to Mao Meninga 
and it was up in his box. You know, they go on the telecast, they yeah. sort of move off to the box and they see him and Michael Hagen sitting there. Yeah. And it goes, Thax Mal. <laughs> Obviously, the N had been left out. I just thought it was hilarious yeah, back yeah. in the day. So we made up a sign and we went to Leichhardt Able for Canberra and the Tigers, me and Nick. Yeah. And we went around. It's actually, I think it may have come off YouTube by now, but it's, it's definitely on the podcast from mm. way back then. Mm. And we went around and interviewed people about what they'd like to pass on to Craig Bellamy right. for two straight series losses yeah. in a row. Yeah. Um, we had some very interesting responses. Some people drew penises on the. Um, Sign it was it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, uh, the Amco Cup group would love to be part of that, <laughs> uh, and it was actually one of those memories that you just go. I don't know if I would have got this in many other places. Yeah, uh, the, the crazy people and the flannelette shirts well represented. I will oh, say yeah. that. Yeah, the footy show here at Leichhardt Oval, Raiders versus Tigers, and we're taking a cue from the Queenslanders. Yeah, we are. We're saying thanks, Bellamy, for thanks, four Bellamy. years or five years, however many years we've lost in a row. Queensland So we ask people during the game to sign this and endorse Craig Bellamy as Origin coach. Slightly packed here, like Slightly. A little bit. You know what? Thanks, Bellamy. Thanks, Bellamy. Thanks, Bellamy. Thanks, Bellamy. Nick, mate, we've got heaps of signatures on this beauty. Look at this. Everyone's endorsing Craig Bellamy for next year. 2011. More Bellamy. Get him back so we can keep losing. Go in the poll. Love the pole. It's good action from the pole. It's a great pole. Great vantage point. Benny plays player, I reckon. I'm giving him the four. The, what about the signs at, at, at Jubilee Oval on a um, on an afternoon? I know one of the guys who does that. Yeah. What, what does he Matt hold? Matt Vickers, well done. Is he uh, Al Stoust? I'm pretty sure he's uh, GST, Great St. George team. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, if I'm wrong, Matt, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, he's not. He's No, he's the southern... Oh, actually, I've now forgotten completely and just dropped my phone. Good on you, Matt. Um, yeah, Matt, you did well. well uh, no, I, I know which one it is. I can see it in my eye, but mm. I can't think of what it's called. Yeah. Um, you haven't even been drinking tonight. You don't no, drink. I'll tell you, that, that lemon squash, oh, <laughs> it's knocked me, knocked me around. Number three... Oh, gee. I'm not disagreeing with you around um, North Queensland. That is a special little ground, yeah. that. Great on sunset, and, beautiful oh, sunset. But the, the ends are just family ends. Yeah. There's there's no, yeah. like, it is legitimately, it's kids, it's families all sitting together. Yeah. It's amazing. Even when you, you ten, I mean, they've won the two games I've been up there for. They smashed both. Actually, it was the Broncos game from a couple of years ago and the Sharks one from a few years before that. But the mm. atmosphere up there is just, they are in love with that footy team. Yeah. And the fact that the the crowd is primarily families, yeah, that and the SFS three three. I, I, there's some great memories from SFS, obviously, um, but they're the, they're the ones I'm missing in a thousand uh, grounds. MCG is amazing from just pure yeah. spectacle. Yeah, I know we're in the shadows of ANZ here, but it's not anywhere near my top list. Well, the, the, the main reason I'm not really a big fan of ANZ is because they rarely fill it, and and the, there's you know it's got the atmosphere of an empty hall most of the time. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an amazing ground when it's full. I mean, oh, I shot the Olympics here and um, shot it at full house, and you know, um, Kathy Freeman winning the, yep. the the gold medal here. I did all of that, and and it was great, you know. And I thought it'd be a, a really great place for football, but it's not because we're in the middle of nowhere. And they're going to redevelop it, Cocksmith. We've spoken about it in the one just after Christmas that we did the podcast. But there's a lot of money going to be uh, bulldozed here. 
Yeah, there is. It's a lot of infrastructure. I mean, I, I think I think I don't know how they're going to de- redevelop it, but I really think that that Sydney, uh, New South Wales needs a uh, a roof on their um, on their main arena, um, or at least one of the one of the arenas that. that would uh, house a, uh, a final series should yep. be uh, an enclosed stadium. I'd like to see that. It's been a long time coming. We, we, you know, Melbourne have got one. We don't have one. No. If you've got your favourite ground, please feel free to uh, drop us a line on the Facebook page on the uh, episode post that we'll put up. That's just facebook.com slash NRL podcast. We'd be keen to hear your, your top three lists, I guess, of grounds. I mean, we've left out the likes of Brookvale, Wind Jubilee. Mm. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Wollongong. No, I don't like Wollongong nah, much. For, for, not, not because there's no atmosphere. There's certain grounds I don't like because of the light. I like Penrith Park. Yeah, it's good. It's got place. the best grass in rugby league. Yep. Uh, don't ask me why I know that. Uh, and <laughs> Farrowhead Stadium back in the day uh, was a place I used to go to a lot with mm. mates mm. Um, after after work or after school. And um, that's got some memories, but I am looking forward to the new beast they are building out there. Mm. Are we leaving anyone off? Uh, no, not really. Maybe Hurstville Oval, um, which was a really the good, really good uh, ground to um, to play football at when the uh, middle of it was like concrete in the middle of winter. Uh, Carl oh, Park. Oh, you know what we've missed out. At Arncliffe. Yeah, we've really missed out. Go on. I mean, the place that uh, attracts that crowd every single week, they people play there. Belmore Oval. I was thinking more like Henson Park with the crowd of eight, seven, <laughs> eight, far. nine, seven, two, or that's whatever. Not far it is. from Belmore. I can't remember it is. Uh, that's us just filling some time here on the Footy Show with our favourite rugby league grounds. We'll have some more after the break on the Footy Show. Not the Footy Show. What are you ballsy enough to talk about, mate? You want to talk about top four? Your predictions? Your bold predictions for top four? How about new? Not the Footy Show. All right, final segment. Not the Footy Show. We promised it to be basically two segments. Most times we catch up. And that's what we're going to do. This one actually is somewhat current, Cocksmith. Yeah. Um, I believe there is a shot clock on it. <laughs> oh. uh, but, um, yeah. Uh, shot clocks. Uh, we have another one that's been introduced into the game. Mm. It is happening after conversions. There will be a 30-second shot clock or a timer. I don't even know if there's actually going to be a penalty if they don't get within 30 seconds. The way so, I read the rule yeah. is that once the guy's taken the conversion, so the ball's literally gone over the uh, black dot or missed by... Yeah. 17 metres yeah. um, the time will be called off for 30 seconds right so the game clock won't continue but obviously 30 seconds will so pass so let me get this right you can take four and a half minutes to kick the goal give yes. your team a little rest absolutely but you've only but the, then the team that's kicking off only has 30 seconds to get back to the halfway line and kick the ball off well I, I don't actually know if that's the case this is this is the key in this bit and if I'm wrong everybody then you know par for the course the challenge is, I think 30 seconds gets killed from the game time. So you yep. walk you walk oh, back to okay. halfway. And then time off. And then time comes back on. Right. So I think the theory is that there should be, within that 30 seconds, everyone should have a chance to get back to halfway yep. and be ready to kick off. Right. I don't think it's actually a clock that instigates a panel. I mean, what could you do to the team? The team kicking off yeah. is already kicking off to the other team. Yeah. The only option then is if, I guess, they take a penalty from halfway. But I've seen nothing written about that. Again, it may have been deeper into the articles and, and the press release and whatever. Yeah. But essentially, what we're missing here is that within the article on the press release, they said, you know, we've, we've, we've gone into the numbers and analysed the amount of time being wasted and all this kind of stuff. Mm. It's the same article and press release that came out two years ago when they first put the shot clock into play yeah. on scrums and line dropouts. I still find it hard to believe this data is new that time is being wasted after kicks. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Clinton Shukoski is actually coming out of retirement just to 
play the role of taking time off the clock by taking his conversions now. Yeah. I mean, who else would you think of who took ages? I mean, he's he's number one by a mile, isn't he? Yeah. Well, it, it's uh, to me, I, I think it, that could be could have just been Clinton Shikoski then that did a burnout just behind us. <laughs> did you hear that? Well, he's... And now his brother's flying the jet overhead. <laughs> so yeah, atmosphere, guys and girls. Yeah. That's what we bring here at Angels Stadium. Wow. The, the key bit for me is that what happens when the guy scores a try and it doesn't go to the video ref, which how often that'll be. Yeah, nice it saying. doesn't happen very often these days. But, but yeah. that period of time, if you are really interested in adding game time, call time off. You've said this to me tonight when we're having dinner. Call time off after the ball gets put over the try line or the decision's been passed down from the video ref. Yeah. And start it again when the ball gets kicked off. What, what, what possible reason can you come up with to not do that, but then call 30-second timeout after the kick is taken. Like, well, the way I look at things like this, mate, is I look at how a team is going to rot it, okay? Yeah. Now, the way, like I just said before, if your team's really tired and this, this goal is going to get you in front and there's a minute or so left in the game, mm-hmm. you're going to take your sweet time, mm-hmm. aren't you? You really are. You're going to take your time to give your team a big breather. Um, from my way of thinking, let's just make it blanket across the board. When the ball goes, when the ball goes dead, or when it goes out over the sideline, time out. Give the timekeeper something to do. <laughs> time out. When the ball gets fed into a scrum or tapped, time back on. Mm. When the try gets scored, time out. When the ball gets kicked off, time on. Yeah. That way, no one can rot it. It's you can take twenty minutes to kick a goal if you want, but the time's not going back on until that ga- that ball gets kicked off. Yeah. There's a traditional element of me that loves the fact that the time can sometimes eat off the clock when you kick for touch and then also wasting time before a line drop out. And obviously Did you say wasting time? Not wasting time? Well, no. Well, I mean, if it's wasting time, then it shouldn't no, be... No, but there's a part of that. There's, a, there's that gamemanship element. All I right? know, but, but so like, what's the shot clock got, trying to do? Well, that's that's a very good question around the ones that do for line dropouts and scrums. It's, it's, it's useless. Yeah. In fact, I mean, we've seen how many penalties as a result of that. Very, very few. Very few. Yeah. I always thought it was about five to ten seconds too long anyway. But mm. my point is that's part of the game. You know, you, you kick it out, you give your team a chance to have a break, etc. Yeah. The challenge then, if you call time off as it goes out, what then becomes a reasonable time to start it again? Yeah. Is Without a, without any pressure on the shot clock is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Without the clock pressure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm either raw on that. I don't have to have time off when the ball goes dead. I'm fine with that. But... The try situation, that is completely and utterly wasted time. Yeah. There is nothing that can be done in that period of time that has a positive impact on the game. Yeah. So if you... if you, I mean, you see sometimes guys rush kicks. Yeah. Now, that's fine, and it's up to them if they want to do that. Yeah, because they're trying to catch up. But that's why they're rushing the kicks. The only time. The, the, the flip side of that is so much worse where time is wasted and they just... Like, I, I got no issues with penalty goals, to be honest, wasting time. Because as far as I'm concerned, that's an actual tactic. Yeah. If you're in a position where you're up by two points and people say, you're up by two, why would you only go up by four? Well, to me, eating time off the clock is half the battle there. Yeah, I guess. As it. another plane goes over the top. We may have found the place they're putting the new airport. You sure wow. they're not doing that here? They're going to pull down ANZ and put an airport in? Well, they should because there's that many planes flying over. <laughs> atmosphere, guys. Atmosphere. <laughs> um, but that's the bit that I just go, what, what's the harm in just calling time off entirely? The bit that comes out of this discussion, we know now that they're finally admitting that the stripping rule has been changed. I don't know if you were across it, but effectively, you know how before you'd go into a tackle and then you'd spin away from the tackle and then have the ball stripped? Yeah. They would call that penalty because as far as they were concerned, two people 
an act of the tackle. Yep, and Peter Sterling always argued loose carry. Exactly. Now they're saying that it doesn't matter how many players you run into, if you run, if you fall away from that player and then get the ball stripped from you, yeah. that's fine. That's a one-on-one strip. That's okay. 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 There, that has been interpreted that way, even though it hasn't been the rule for a couple of years. Right. Not by everybody, though. So they've finally admitted So that. if there aren't two pairs of hands on you or, or two separate hands from two different people... It is not a it is not a strip anymore. It's not a penalty strip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, that, but there's another rule. I'm pretty sure that came out. I can't remember what it was. It was probably inconsequential as a result. But what I will say about that whole um, period is that all these rules have come out in like the last ten days. Mm. We are at the twenty third of February when we're recording this. Yeah. Team teams have some teams have been training since November. Why would you wait this long? To enact those things, unless you've told all the clubs this yeah. in advance, which she's kept great, it a good secret. But <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. What, what, what more do you do? You need to almost like, I don't know. Do they need to be practicing it and in training to come back with like the feedback on this competitions committee? Oh, we think this is a really. We knew half these rules in the last twenty years of being watching football. Yeah, I don't know. I just. Give them some chance to enact it through their whole preseason. I mean, uh, you know, we we I talk know, about so. we yeah. talk about the fact that the NRL is not proactive enough. They'd probably see this as being proactive. Mm. It just feels very reactive, and it feels like twelve months too late, two years too late. Yeah, finally into it, and that's the bit that I'll say: good luck, fantastic, well done. But if I'm a coach, I'm like, well, thanks for changing the goalposts on me. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I get the feeling that they must have it must have at least been. Uh, flagged with the, the clubs, you know. I mean, we're only three weeks out from from the competition kicking off, mm. you know, or two weeks. Um, so, you know, they, they they must have been at least been flagged. The things like the shot clock rule and the strip uh, must have been flagged. Um, but look, I, I'm I'm all for changes in rules um, if if it works, you know, like if it um, uh, if it makes the game better. I just don't know. I think this shot clock rule that that the way that you've described it. Mm. Um, I think it is. If I've got it completely wrong, sorry. Mm, I just think it's a, it's window dressing. You know, it's it's not really doing all that much. I don't think it's change for change's sake. Um, if you're serious, make them kick faster. Make that. This is the problem. You know, you go to a game of football and you want to see action, action, action. You don't Absolutely. want to see blokes kicking for goal. You know, get it over and done with. Make them kick the goal within forty seconds or something like that. And put some pressure on them to kick the goal. Um, and get back into the getting the ball through the hands, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, if they're the changes, then we'll, we'll see how long they last, eh? Yeah, and what more ones get enacted? Like I don't know, after round two or round three? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll uh, wrap up the show after this. Okay, we're back. Final segment, not the footy show episode one hundred and eighty-three. Hello, policeman. Uh, it must look a bit weird, actually. Two blokes just sitting in a, a Pajero talking football. Two weeks before the season started, but hey, I don't, I don't think they think that we're talking about football. <laughs> Just quietly. it's pretty dark in here. Uh, anyway, uh, sweaty. <laughs> Go on, it's meat sweats, mate. Meat sweats. <laughs> well, you have one more thing you wanted to talk about, buddy. Before we finish, uh, yeah. what I will say is I'm glad you enjoyed your dinner. Uh, did, very I'm much. sorry it that great. it was um, about three months or four months overdue. Uh, that's partly my fault. So. But we got there. We got there, and uh, we have just consulted. Um, the uh, WhatsApp group for questions. Uh, no chance to put it on Twitter or anything like that, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because it's fairly impromptu. But if we get any more questions, we will get to them. So you have a chance to fill some time as we wrap up uh, episode 183, Cocksmith. 
what well, do you want to talk about? Yeah, mate. I just wanted to. I just wanted to. I don't know if everyone has read it, but um, Russell Crowe wrote a letter, an open letter, a couple of weeks ago, pleading with the NRL. It's about junior football. So if you're not into junior football, this could be as boring as hell. But um, more or less, the bones of it was that he'd like to see weight divisions, weight for age divisions, brought into junior football. And I, and I have to say, uh, I, I totally agree. Um, and his main point was, is that when when juniors get to about 13, 14, 15, he, we lose a lot of juniors to other sports because uh, quite often they're having to play kids that are sometimes twice their size, yeah. um, kids that have matured a lot earlier uh, in some cases and, and can be 14 years old and, and 90 kilos, you know, or 100 kilos in some I places. I've been 90 kilos. It's, Sorry, yep. it's, uh, you know, it's just hard for juniors, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of those junior players that do leave are, are the young players, the halfbacks and the hookers and, the, and what Crow calls the brains of the, the game are leaving. Um, so we're just really left with uh, the biggest and strongest, um, which, you know, is, is... Well, we've got testament to that now in, in the game. You know, we've got, um, we've got halfbacks now that are as heavy as what second rowers used to be. Yeah. Um, uh, junior, uh, Wayne Pierce, uh, I think he weighed about 90 kilos yep. ringing wet when he played for Australia in the back row. Um, his son is now 92, 93 kilos as a halfback. Yep. So we're seeing we're seeing players that are much bigger, and and the little players like the Craig Coleman's um, from from yesteryear. There's not many of them Jason left. Jason Taylor's. Jason Taylor's. There's not many of them yet. Greens. Mitchell Moses is probably the lightest of all of those kind of players. Maybe Andrew McFadden. Andrew McFadden, Josh McCrone, all of oh, McCrone. Stop. <laughs> but, first, but you know what I'm saying. The solution all year. I'm 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 all for read his read his article if you haven't because yeah. it's a really well written article, um, and and I totally agree. I think we need to get junior players playing in their own weight division until they get to around about 16 or 17, uh, and and then open it up because sooner or later they're going to have to play the big boys. But some kids don't mature until they're they're. 14, 15, 16, they don't start to mature. So um, I'd, I'd really like to see the wait for age thing. So my hand is up and I agree with Russell Crowe. And, and along those lines, I mean, you've got a son that plays. I do. And you'd see this regularly. We're not going to name, name him, but what mm. I'm saying is that this is why this is so relevant. Um, and you can see this as, as a challenge, as a... Does it does it fix things though? I mean, that's what my ultimate question is. It, uh, I think it keeps I keep I think it keeps little fellas in the game longer. Yep. yep. Um, no one wants to go to the footy and, and see their kid get trampled on and run over. Um, luckily for us, my, my kid plays in a in a, a group six um, competition that isn't full of really big boys. There are some boys. Like my son weighs thirty four kilos. Yep. He's ten years old, um, and he's playing against sometimes kids that are. Um, 60 kilos gotcha. but he, he does well for his size yep. he's got a lot, a lot of fight in the little dog you know but he he's he's kind of lucky you know he's he's um he's not the smallest there are no. smaller than him so um you know that, that's that's my thing anyway I, I like to see juniors come through and i like i like to see a good competition but I, I don't like to see kids twice the size running over the top of them you know i mean the the element to that is that if you think about the nrl and how quickly the big guys get cut down to size. Yeah. I mean, you will... If they're playing in... I mean, I, I don't know I don't know about it, to be honest. Like, I'm... One of the things I enjoyed when I was playing way back when um, was that you could match yourself against the bigger guys. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that factor. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't play the amount of volume of footy that you guys... The kids play now and all the rest of it. Like, it was yeah. much more controlled yeah. as in amount of games are played. But I love that challenge. 
But I completely and utterly see your point mm. around how sustainable is it in this day and age where, look, the big guys when we were running around, relative speaking to what they are now... Well, the big guys weren't as big as they, they are weren't. now. They weren't. They're not. Uh, They're not. You know. And that's the bit that is, is I guess, the the core of the, the the general topic here is, you know, do we change with the times? Look, I, I really do think we need to. And, and you know, like I say, when, when I was 12 years old, I'd, I'd played against some bigger boys, but they were never much more than, you know, 10 or 15 kilos heavier than you. They weren't. You know, they weren't monsters like yeah. there are some some kids now. Um, you know, whether it be um, uh, different nationalities of kids or whether it be just kids are eating more chicken. I don't know what it is, but um, I, I it's 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 I really it's really disheartening to see a, a thirty five kilo kid having a sixty kilo sixty five kilo kid running at him because you know physics are what they are and um, it is really hard when it's at NRL level. It's different, you know. You've got a, a biggest biggest man in the comp last year. I think was Sam Cassiano at 120 odd kilos, uh, and the smallest would have been probably late 70s, yep. mid 80s. So, um, you know, it, it, the disparity isn't that different. But they're men playing against each other. They're not little boys, you know. So, uh, anyway, big tick to, to Russell Crowe. Great letter. I hope Todd Greenberg um, or whoever it is making decisions at the New South Wales Rugby League uh, takes notice. That's a couple of weeks ago as well, so I haven't seen any follow-up. And we should just see if anything actually does get followed up entirely. That's episode 183, Cocksmith. We have one question from the crew in the WhatsApp group, the Amco Cup, which you are now part of. Now, yes, since our last I'm episode. I'm loving it. He got admitted, everybody. The uh, the powers that be did vote in favour. Yeah. It was 7-3. to three. I won't tell you who the three were. Yeah, no, you will after this uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, and I'm even playing Fantasy League this year. He, he has. I, I gave out. him a crash course over dinner tonight. I'm ready. Let's just say uh, I hope I play Cocksmith at about round eight when he's no longer bothering. <laughs> uh, we have a question that comes from uh, Happy Clown 23 Told you. Uh, and he basically asks, he says, question, is Corey Thompson better than Tui Moala Lolohia at fullback? What's uh, what's Lolohia done to be in reserve? I game? have, n- well, I have no idea. He well, played what the hasn't entire, he, he played the entire trial against the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, Thompson did play some fullback during that time, but yeah. Lolohia was kicking goals, and all of a sudden he's now playing for West Magpies he, this weekend. Did he upset Ivan while Ivan was driving the bus? It would have been a long drive. What's he grabbed Cam- the steering Campbell, wheel? Campbell he's tried to grab Town to Cairns. He's tried to grab I mean, the steering wheel. Maybe, maybe that's why he's in reserve. Reserve grab will be playing the next day. Maybe maybe Tui is the one driving the bus. Yeah. And they still haven't got back from Cairns. That's, he needs that's a break. entirely possible. Maybe he needs I a don't break. understand it. Like, Corey Thompson's a solid footy player, and he scored an absolute boatload of tries, apparently, in um, England on the wing. But this is, might be a motivating thing from Cleary for Lola here. I, I just some of the theories I've seen banging around oh they want to see both players play 80 minutes well why the heck would Corey Thompson not be playing fullback in reserve grade and Lola here who is your first choice well evidently your first choice at fullback he'd be playing first grade I, I, Lola here makes that team infinitely more dangerous yep. Corey Thompson you know as as solid as a footy player is and he's got some skill he's got some ability yep. but he ain't no Tui Lola here here's the thing if and I've said this about origin choices. And depending on what's going on with Lola here, yep. is he fit? Um, has he upset someone? Did he turn up the training? Is he being punished? Let's just say all of those answers are, it's the same as last year. He's turning up. 
if you had to have a player playing fullback for your life, do you pick Corey Thompson? Do you pick Tui Lola here? I take Lola here. Um, so obviously something untoward has happened. Oh, don't we know. don't know that for sure. Well, mate. Well, when I say untoward, I mean maybe Tui's uh, attitude isn't quite right. Maybe he has a niggling injury. Maybe he he was late for training a couple of times. I'm, I'm not saying he the, was. The, the tough part on that, and this is just playing devil's advocate here. Mm. If he's had an ongoing issue, he doesn't play in the trial last week. Yeah. Corey Thompson was picked on the wing last week. Yeah. If there is anything happened, it's happened literally on the plane back from Cairns yep. or whatever. And look, I am not going to start saying that this is what our show will be, where you're speculating this, that, or the oh, other no, about no. players. That's not what it is. Yep. But as a pure footy fan looking outside in, you go, how the heck is Corey Thompson starting ahead of Tui Lola here? Mm. That's the bottom line here. Yeah. And the Tigers are resetting on everything. I mean, Josh Reynolds starts the season at 5'8", yeah. as I said to you all last year. I do not doubt he'll be at hooker at some point or the other. Yeah. Maybe that's Lola here's way back into the, the area, but fair dinkum. Like, well, he's Corey a- Thompson versus Tui Lola it's not. It's no question. Here's a question for you. Where does Benji Marshall fit in all of this? Well, this is where the Reynolds to hooker comes into play. Okay, so then what do you bring... do with Little and McKilrick? Well, you play one of them. Okay. Uh, and it's probably McKilrick to start the year. Yeah. Unless you play Elijah Taylor at hooker. I mean, we didn't really start out thinking, let's fix all the problems for the Tigers. Um, not that they have many. Um, but essentially, this, this boils down to Ivan Cleary is going to pick this team and move this team in the direction he wants to. They didn't have a great deal of success last year under him as, you know, when you look at the boil down the numbers. Yeah. Uh, he has a poor start to this year. I'm not saying he's ever going to be under a lot of stress, but he's finally at the stage where the roll that the clean out happened. Mm. He picked up what he could and I think that's being as respectful as I can to the players they picked up. Yeah. Um, they've picked up some ability, but have they picked up a team? That's up to Ivan Cleary to mould. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems a strange start with Tui. So um, watch this space, I guess, for the reason why. It is. And make sure you come out to uh, ANZ Stadium on a Friday night. It's 10.30. There's at least uh, four or five cars down here. A couple of people just having a smoking break. Mm. Some serious smoke coming out of that person there. That's very impressive. Um, What's he smoking? Security's gone past three or four times. Um, The planes evidently have stopped. I think we just finally got past the curfew. Yeah. Uh, so we could actually have a really good time. But it's, it's actually quite the nice little precinct at night, isn't it? They've got it the is. little fairy lights. and Yeah. Well, um, you know what? If um, if two blokes want to sit in a car outside of ANZ Stadium in, in nearly midnight... What more could you want on a Friday night? Go for it. Oh. After a hot date at oh. Ribs and Rumps. See what? You know? You even had the sticky date Oh, the date sticky date pudding. pudding, mate. That was the highlight, I tell you. Yeah, I don't know how you fitted that oh. bugger in. <laughs> oh, well, I'll make room later. Anyway, uh, that's episode 183 of Not The Footy Show. I've been Warwick Nicholson. I've been joined by... Rob Cox. And uh, that has been A Night with Cox Smith and Waz. Follow him on... Uh, Instagram or... Um, <laughs> by the way... No, there's another aeroplane. The curfew's back. Yeah, that's not the curfew. We haven't hit curfew yet. What Inst- the heck is Instagram. That? <laughs> it sounds like a sounds like a bloody... That's a uh, big one. That's a, that's a Sorry, I'm talking about the plane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cops are back. Here they come. Oh, hold on, guys. We're just going to... Hang on. Oh. Yeah, it's time. Oh, ow, now, he's just, he just wants an excuse to go fast down that straight. That aeroplane sounded like a bloody Antonov. It was massive. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, Rob Cox, R-O-B-B-C-O-X, all one word. And um, Twitter, but I never use it. I just yeah, stalk people. I'm on Twitter, at NRL Tweet, and there goes another cop. Not going as fast. 
and we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash NRL podcast. Please, if you've had a listen to the shows to start the year and you're enjoying them, give us a rating on iTunes or just drop us a line on Facebook. We'd love to hear if you're enjoying it. And the people who have reached out on Twitter, thank you very much. Uh, Turtle McWilson, what was his name? Turtle Wilson? Turtle. Someone Turtle. Turtle. Uh, Troy, um, cheering to have you back. A few more people. I think uh, Joseph Bear um, gave us a like the other day. Uh, I think he's in some sort of musical. I should have really researched that. Mm. And uh, we'd love to hear from you if you're enjoying what we're putting down. We will convene you again. We have to do our top eights uh, yeah. next episode. We'll uh, do that. And I'll pull the out the, the good microphone so we've got some uh, decent audio. We might. Now, I will be away for round one. Yeah, where are you going? You're going, going fishing. I'm going something. barra fishing yeah. uh, every year. Yep. Um, so I will be in Whoop Whoop uh, for that, hopefully smashing some barra. Well, why don't we try and get one more podcast in before the season I starts? I think that's what we do. We'll do a season. top eight. Uh, top eights. We'll pick where we think every team will finish, yep. as useless as that usually is. Uh, we'll pick you our premiers and the rest of it. If you've got your top eights and you want them read out and ridiculed, I mean read out uh, <laughs> on the show, please feel free to post them anywhere on our social media. And we will speak to you next time. Probably not from the amazing um, no. atmosphere of Angels Stadium. It really is a beautiful noise. It's great. Great. Across. Love it. I don't know what's happening there. I just thought it was a transformer. You know, you know what's right above there? That's right. That right above there is the uh, referee's um, offices. That's so where you the... reckon they heard us speaking about the rules and stuff? Do you reckon no. that's... No, no okay. they couldn't care less. <laughs> they couldn't care less. No worries at all. Uh, I've been uh, Warwick. That's been... Rob. Pleasure as always, everyone. Catch you we'll later. Catch you next time. See ya.